For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Man, I, every day is a holiday on the pod. I don't want to throw my arm up too big, because this guy's got an even bigger arm and a very cool sleeve of tattoos, uh, if I remember. But uh, uh, we are thrilled to have, you know, like... I would say watching you was in Madison in person when I lived there was awesome. Getting to know you outside of football was even better, but dude, Garrett Dooley, thank you for being here. Uh, you guys were monsters over your, uh, your career and it was exciting. And, and I also think you started kind of this trend of like, we're going to be the best defense in the land. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. We'll talk about it, but uh, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me guys. It's good to, uh, it's good to see you guys. And, uh, Matt, it was good to, uh, it was good to see you on the field a couple weekends ago. That was, that was great to get back up to Madison and, uh, the environment was fantastic there. I got to bring my eight-year-old boy out there. So he was, he was starstruck to see, you know, where I got to play every single weekend. So it was awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's fantastic. Well, uh, we will hear all about that more <laughs> in just a minute, but before we get into that, I want to remind you guys that we are Brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one site to put in all of your sports wagers, especially with, with football in full swing. The NBA is back. NHL is back. I don't know if you guys are hockey guys. Bernie's a Bernie's from New York. I don't know if you're a Ranger fan or something like that. Who knows? No matter what your sport is, esports, golf, you name it, they've got it over at BetOnline. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Garrett, uh, I know you went to high school in Rochester, Illinois, but is did you grow up in Illinois or did you guys move around first? I moved around a little bit. Uh, I was born in El Paso, Texas, so that's where I kind of started. Um, my dad was stationed down there at Fort Bliss, stayed there for a couple years. I don't even remember being in Texas, to be honest. But uh, then we moved over to um, Danville, Illinois, and then uh, Pontiac, Illinois, spent about eight years there. And then after that... Um, 2008 was when we moved to Rochester. So pretty much been there ever since. Wow, dude. Okay. That that's, that's amazing. So, so like what's young Garrett? Does he, is he athletic? Like, does he like sports? Um, is he into home decoration? Like what, what, what's, what's uh, a guy who moves around? Like how do you kind of reinvent yourself 
in the athletic realm. It was, I will. So definitely growing up. I mean, I was, I was, I was dressed in football gear ever since I was in the crib. So, so that part really hasn't changed. Um, Football was always a big part of uh, our lives, specifically growing up college football was, that was my dad's passion. Um, Ironically, we grew up huge Nebraska Cornhusker fans. So (laughs) that's that all changed a little bit as soon as they switched over to the big 10. And then obviously Wisconsin was in my future. So, um, but Love football ever since the day I was born, got to start um, fourth grade. And uh, that was the first year I played football. And I mean, ever since then, it was it was live, breathe football all the time. Um, football and baseball were my two biggest sports. I played those all through high school. Um, and and to be honest, it was <clears throat> I had my ups and downs. I started out as a big kid. I was uh, my first few years. I never got to carry the football. It was what we call the striper. Um but then once I grew into my body a little bit, I'd, I'd say I went through waves. And uh, once I finally grew into my body, got to high school a little bit, that's when I started to touch the ball and got to score some touchdowns. So um, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster whenever I was growing up through through the ages. But uh, once I finally got a little athletic, then I was able to coach let me to touch the football. <laughs> yeah, Matt Perkins, imagine if you're on your team and like, we're like, hey, we're getting a new guy today. And usually, like, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, who's this guy going to be? And then all of a sudden, Garrett Dooley shows up, and you're like, oh, man, we're going to compete to win games this year. Uh, what, what, what are dudes on your team in Rochester are like, thank you for thank you for coming? <laughs> like, like what? I, 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 don't, like, I don't even know what that feels like. But, uh, like, what was that like, the transition? I mean, you've obviously been to a bunch of places, but mm-hmm. to your final stop, what was that like? Like what, how happy were your teammates and your coaches? I will say it was weird at first. Um, you know, it was right before my eighth grade year, new town, new school, didn't have any friends. So sports is really what got me to be able to connect with a lot of people. Um, and to be honest, I think that's really kind of how it works with a lot of kids nowadays. I think, I think sports really brings you together. It allows you exact. Yeah. It allows you to, you know, make friends, get close with everyone. Cause you know, I will, I think football really overall is the biggest team sport. Um, I've won championships in my life and on those teams, we were the closest group. Um, so, you know, you're, you're really able to help make your friends in the athletic world. And so, um, when I first moved to Rochester, it was a little weird just because I didn't know anybody. My dad was helping coach same thing. He didn't know anybody either. Um, but I really started, I think football was that first, that first summer was where people really, you know, got to know me. They obviously knew I was a little, I was a good athlete and I was going to, um, you know, be able to help the team. But I will say my athleticism didn't really kick off until 2011 was really when I, um, that's really when I started to take off and grew a few inches, put on about 45 pounds of muscle. And then the rest is history from there. So, well, that'll always help. Now, were you playing linebacker the whole time or do they have you moving all around? I mean, I assume like by that time you added a couple inches and put on 45 pounds of muscle, <laughs> you're probably the most athletic guy on your team. And if I know anything about high school football, it's well, we've the best athlete. We're just going to put the ball in his hands and let him run. So were you playing quarterback running back too, or what were you, what were you doing on the field in high school? So definitely not quarterback. That's never been in my, uh, that's never been in my past, unfortunately. So, um, but I did play, I played a lot of running back and wide receiver. Um, linebacker was uh, ever, I played defensive end when I first started with football, but then linebacker is basically where I went all through high school. And so um, 
played linebacker, running back, and uh, we ran we ran a no huddle, empty it out a lot. So I played a lot of wide receiver too. Um, I was thankful enough got to uh, I think I, I think in my career I scored north of seventy touchdowns in high school. So I got to got to tote the rock a little bit. That's what we call Matt Bernstein numbers. No, yeah. I, no, Matt Bernstein. I don't. I haven't added them up in a while, but I think they were in the sixties. Yeah, but so you had more, you had back to back two thousand yard seasons, man. Like, <laughs> and I played in half those games. But we that we're not talking about me. We're talking about Mister G here, dude. It says first off. Well, when when did it like click in your head? You're like, I could potentially take this to the next level. Like it to me, that was such a cool moment. But also like. I was getting letters from these small schools. So I'm sure you were mm-hmm. too, like as a 10th grader. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if I want to go play at, you know, like this weird school I've never heard of. And then all of a sudden you like start being better at football. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes it doesn't click like, oh yeah, I could do it on the next level, but you start getting some of these bigger asks and it's like, oh wow, maybe I could. What was that like for you? So mine was kind of, mine was kind of twofold. Um <clears throat> I didn't start my sophomore year of high school, sophomore year. So that was 2010. That was one of Rochester's best football teams we've ever had. Um, we, that was Rochester's first state championship. Um, we had a real, we had a really tough road that year. And when we were in the quarterfinals, I think we won that game. It was like 21 to 19 and it was an absolute mud pit in that game. In the first half, the outside linebacker that was in front of me, he was a senior. He tore his MCL. And so middle of the game, it's a close game. We're competing to try to get to a state championship. And they look down the line and I was probably 5'8", 145 pounds. And uh, they were like, they basically said, who's the backup? And it was me. And so I went in there and uh, I ended up having, I think it was like seven tackles, a sack. I ended up having a really good game. And so after that, and we ended up winning our, we ended up, I ended up playing the next couple of weeks, got to play in the state championship and everything. So after that game is when I really thought that I could at least play football at the collegiate level. Um, but I wouldn't say that at a high, high football level, I don't think I, I really it clicked in my head until um, right before my junior year, I had busted my butt in the weight room. I mean, you couldn't keep me out of goals gym. I, like I said, I put on 45 pounds of muscle. I mean, I was there 11 PM, 7 AM, whatever time I needed to get there. And, um, you know, it was, we had a seven on seven that our, we went down to Vanderbilt university and we played in and, um, the linebacker coach at Vanderbilt pulled me aside after one of the games and they took me down into like the locker room and they got my measurements and all that kind of stuff. And, um, he started talking to me about things. And I think that's when I really started to kind of think that I could potentially play at a high level. Um, it was, I didn't have any offers going through my junior year or anything, But, um, after the season ended up finishing, we won our second state title. Um, and then the offers kind of started to come in a little bit. That's, that's really when I finally knew, um, did Vandy end up being that first offer? No, they didn't. To be honest, we were, we were, (laughs) that was one of the things that, uh, my, my dad was a little upset over because, uh, (laughs) They had a couple. They had a couple scouts come to my games uh, throughout this, and just never really pulled the trigger on it. Um, and I know you guys, you guys know how it goes, but it's kind of a copycat league. Once one team offers, and then it starts to kind of waterfall a little bit um, or snowball. And so, um, the first place that actually offered me was Northern Illinois, and um, 
I'm not gonna lie. I went up there on a visit and I, it, I loved it. I, Northern's a great place. Um, DeKalb but, is underrated as a town. There, there's some are, fun stuff yeah. to do in DeKalb. <laughs> it's, uh, I feel like cornfields. Right, exactly. It's, well, it's you guys it's, love cornfields, obviously. You love Nebraska. I've never even heard of DeKalb, but I know Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so it was, it was fun going up there. You know, I got my first offer. That was actually Dave Doran was the head coach there at the time. And so, I mean, I was, I was pumped, um, and just excited to be able to have that opportunity. But was ironic was that the next day I was going up to Madison for a visit and, um, that was when Bielema was coaching and they had no idea that I was at Northern the day before. So when Bielema offered me, it, it made me feel really almost like I was getting my first offer again, because they, they didn't know that I had gotten offered the day before. So, um, so really that was, that's really when, you know, when I first got the, when I got that offer from Bielema, when I was sitting in his office, I mean, that that's really when it kind of hit me. Um, and that's when I knew that I was going to be able to have the chance to play at a big time, big time program. Dude, that's so cool. You ha- you had one. You went up. You probably didn't tell them. And then they're just like, listen, we're going to take you off your merit. We don't know anything else. We're taking you mm-hmm. because we want you. That's uh, that's exciting. Yeah. But but was Wisconsin on the radar? Like, what were your top choices? I mean, Vanderbilt might have been up there just because they showed interest. But, like, were there other universe- – was Nebraska on the list? Like, were there other places that you're like, man, these As places – someone who follows recruiting, I remember for some reason Indiana being very involved in your recruitment. <laughs> So that was close. It was actually, so Indiana state was act. They wanted me to dual sport. They wanted me to go play baseball and football. Yeah. What was your baseball uh, position? I played third base. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hitting was hitting was definitely more, uh, up my alley than the fielding part. (laughs) Um, but I don't know. Baseball. I I thought baseball football would have been a, a tough combination in college. So, um, I didn't end up going that route, but in terms of, so my recruiting process was really, it, first of all, it was really short. I was only, I was only getting recruited for about two and a half, three weeks before I pulled the trigger on Wisconsin. Um, I was actually the first commit of our class. So, nice. um, but for me, you know, it was season over. My dad took, he took everything by the, I mean, he took everything by the horns. He took, he made my highlight tapes. He put together everything. He was reaching out to coaches. He was sending my highlight tapes to people. And for about a month and a half, we heard nothing. I mean, there was nothing that came through. Um, so we started to get kind of nervous, uh, especially after the year that I had had in my junior year. And so, um, but it turns out my dad kind of screwed up when he was sending out the highlight tapes. And so it didn't get anywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, wait, wait, I, I hope wait. you still give him crap about that. <laughs> what happened? He just like didn't I, post it right. He didn't post it. Directly? He just he tried sending it to a bunch of coaches' emails. With I mean, he probably sent it to a hundred different universities and didn't hear back. And I guess it just didn't send properly. So he was kind of having a little bit of a panic attack. And obviously, I was too. You know, not, not good enough. Like that's type of thing. So. Um, but he resent it all. And then, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the name right now. The defensive coordinator for Wisconsin at the time, that was in 2011 um, with Bielema. Was it Partridge? Um, I think it might have been, yes. Um, and he responded, and he wanted me to come up that weekend because they were having junior day. And so um, that's really when – so 
that was when, you know, we, we booked NIU, we booked Wisconsin and we were going up that weekend. Um, but in terms of what I had kind of on my radar, really Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Penn state were my big three was kind of, was really who I was looking at. Um, I obviously being from Illinois, I got asked a lot if I was going to go to Illinois, but, uh, champagne was never really on my radar. <laughs> so what, what was that first trip like to Madison? Was that your first time in Madison? It was. Yeah. So we, we went, I think it was end of February. So, you know, bitter cold up in <laughs> Madison, you've got, you've got all the trucks and the tents on both sides of the lake. Um, but we drove, we drove that, uh, I can't even remember what the road, what the road is, but when you come into Madison between the two lakes, John and just right there, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was starstruck right there. I mean, you can, you can see the campus, you can see how gorgeous it is. It's obviously a live, you know, active campus with the amount of people that bike run ice fish, even in the winter. So <clears throat> just that initial impression was, was huge. And then, um, my family was always really big on academics. Um, at the time I was potentially thinking about going engineering until I figured out what the requirements were. <laughs> Chemistry is not up my, uh, is not up my alley. So, um, but so academics was huge and, um, you know, just the history of the program and the fact that, you know, it was really only three and a half hours away from home. I wanted to make sure that my family had a chance to come and see me. Um, if I wanted to go home, I could. And so, I mean, to be honest, it, I thought about it for a couple of weeks, but, um, it was it was the best decision I ever made. And, uh, I pulled the trigger just, I think it was two and a half weeks after I, after I got that initial offer from them, but you still had your senior year to, to look forward to. I did. Yeah. So that, that was one thing I wanted to, I, I wanted to make sure that I was committed and that I had my choice well before my senior year, because I just wanted to go out and play football that year, not have to worry about, you know, what I was doing for school. Um, you know, trying to decide between places. I just, I wanted to, I wanted to get that part done with, and I wanted to just make sure that I was there and focused on myself and focused on our team being as good as we could be. Dude, me too. I, I signed up uh, my junior year to go to Wisconsin. I don't think I was a, nearly as smart as you. I just said, yeah, that's cool. I'll go there. And <laughs> it just happened that like, you know, you can go play football. And that's when I had 2002 yards, Matt Perkins playing half the games. We played 11 games and at halftime, usually I didn't play anymore. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish I did. It would be great. Um, but dude, you were, if I, I, I love reading, you know, everything online, it, it actually, it brings me back and then it gets me so excited because I don't know half this stuff about you, but dude, you, what are you number 18 inside linebacker according to ESPN? That sounds about right. Yeah. Oh my dude. That's amazing. Number 22 by scouts. 25 by rivals. We got to call Clint. That seems way off. He wasn't working <laughs> there then. You can't blame Clint. I can't blame Clint. You can, Dude, you can that... blame Mike. You can blame Mike who's been on the podcast. You can blame I... Mike Farrell for that one. No, but so you, but no, one of the questions I want to ask you, Gary, so you're the first guy to commit in that class. That's all like, Hey, it's a little bit strange. That's a linebacker. Typically it's a quarterback, right? In, in a lot of classes you see it's the quarterback commits first and then like starts to try to like text guys and bring guys in right now. This wouldn't have happened when Bernie and I were in high school because we're old and we didn't have cell phones. But so what did you like take on a role of like trying to recruit other guys to be in the class, you know, especially other guys with you, other guys from the state of Illinois in that class? Um, you know, what, what did you sort of take on that, your, that, you know, role, I guess, if you will? No, I wish I would have. But unfortunately, that that wasn't really my uh, that wasn't really my strong suit. There were a couple other guys in our class that uh, that I that definitely did take on that role. So who was doing One, that? Uh, I think the, I think the biggest and most active one was Chikwe Obashi. 
to one of my favorite people in this world. He is, uh, he's one of one. There's nobody else in this world that's like him for sure. Um, he was one of my groomsmen at my wedding and, uh, and you can, you can ask all, all my buddies, Joe, uh, Jack, Troy, Matt. I mean, they, Leon, they, they're all going to say Chikwe is a different person. And, um, so he was really the one that would, uh, you know, Facebook, I can't even remember what exactly was popular then maybe Facebook messenger. I don't even remember if MySpace was still a thing at that time, but, uh, he, you know, text message threads like, Hey, looking at, you know, we're going up to Wisconsin for visit this weekend. We'd love to try and get everybody there, you know, that type of thing. So, um, but for me, Wisconsin only had one scholarship to offer at linebacker. And so, um, we had, uh, I think, I think Ramish was a, initially came on as a, as a gray shirt linebacker and then moved to fullback. Um, and then, um, I think Leon Jacobs had came in as a fullback. Um, and then other, I mean, shoot, that's when TJ Watt was still at tight end. So we didn't have many, we didn't have many linebackers what Jack Sitchy was a walk on. So, um, so yeah, that was the, that was the only scholarship at linebacker. So if I wanted it, I needed to take it as soon as possible. So speaking of, you know, the, the few scholarships available, you know, I'm, I'm going back and I'm looking at the rosters from the year you played and the linebacker room was so ridiculously stacked. I mean, it has <laughs> been for a decade, right? It has been for a decade. Like, yeah. Okay. We're a little bit biased here, right? We're the believe in Badgers podcast, but I think that like, there's a pretty darn good claim that Wisconsin is LBU now. Like, oh, hundred percent. There, I think, you know, more guys going into the draft every year, undrafted free agents being signed by teams every single year and contributing and just the, the amount of guys going into the league playing at a high product level at college. Like what was the competition? Like once you get there, like, I mean, I'm going to ask about Leon Jacobs later because he's one of my favorite players from afar but i just like what's like the competition and the vibe in that room once you get on campus well well tell us who's in the room for everyone who doesn't know so oh geez freshman year the inside linebacker room was chris borland ethan armstrong michael uh or marcus trotter um uh oh my gosh why am i i'm blanking on his name right now um landish um uh, shoot. I can't, I think, I think Mike Taylor was in the room. I think he was either that, or I think he hybrid, uh, kind of hybrid a little bit with outside linebackers. Um, Jack I mean, Sitchie was in the room. He was, Sh- you know, he was Schobert a and Beagle are around, but they're playing outside, right? They were outside. Yeah. Okay. So they were in a different room at the time. Um, but I mean, like you said, I was the, what, number 18 linebacker coming in. I played inside linebacker at Wisconsin for three practices. <laughs> if that shows you. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's okay. I mean, you got moved from inside to outside. It's a little bit different, but it's still a linebacker. It was uh, some, the path was actually a little interesting. So first practice of pads, first drill of pads, and I blew my knee out. And okay. so it was badger drill, uh, just got locked up. And unfortunately my kneecap went the other way. Um, that was pretty much the end of my inside linebacker. I played, I played on scout team for the rest of the year at inside linebacker, but that was my last year at inside. Um, Gary, uh, coach Anderson, uh, switched me to a four eye defensive lineman after that. Um, Oh, for one season, right. Or like two mm-hmm. years or something like that. I remember that vaguely. Yeah. So I was, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of weird, but you know, I was, I weighed about 230 pounds. They wanted me to get a little bit lighter, Lost a couple of pounds. I think I got down to like 225. And then uh, they switched me to defensive end and at a four eye. 
And so then they wanted me to put weight back on. And so I was, you know, I was slamming the shake, slamming the water to make weight, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, the unfortunate, you know, my body just isn't meant to hold that much. And so, um, you know, for me, um, tried to get, tried to get to the weight that I needed to continue to battle the knee problems and then, um, ended up having surgery on the knee. And then after coach Anderson left and, um, coach Chris came in, then that's when Aranda switched me to outside linebacker. Was it, how excited were you? Oh, I was pumped. I, I could not have been more excited. I mean, I knew, I knew I was, I, you know, I was, it was going to be different because I was going to be edge rushing. And that was something that I wasn't completely, I wasn't used to. I hadn't done a whole lot of it, but it meant that I was going to be playing linebacker. It meant that, you know, I wasn't going to have to continue to try and force weight down my throat and just really try and pack on the pack because I was uncomfortable at that weight. Um, so it allowed me to play at a play at a, a place that, you know, I felt comfortable. And that was really the big thing was it wasn't, it wasn't more so about weighing a specific amount. It was more so about what you're comfortable with and what you can play fast at. So, um, that's what, that's what I was super excited about was that I was going to be able to get back to, you know, just, just being me. What's, what was the hardest like part of the transition for you? Which part specifically? Oh, like go, like going from inside to outs or DN to then outside. Like you, you mentioned the rush. Mm-hmm. To me, that seems like a very different position than inside linebacker. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's uh, I would, I would say the pass rushing was the part that was the hardest, um, you know, setting an edge and just that, that was more so just about technique and um, using your hands and feet and being aggressive. And you can, you know, you can set an edge, even if you're naturally an inside linebacker, but for me, I had never rushed on the edge. I didn't know how, and especially going from never doing it before to going against offensive linemen like Rob Havenstein, Dave Edwards, you know, the, a lot of the guys on the edges that turned out to be really, really good players in the NFL. And so, you know, those who are at Ryan Ramchek, I mean, shoot, he's a, he's an all pro tackle now. And so, um, you know, I got, and I think, I think the reason why I got to where I did was because I went against those guys every single day. Um, but I remember whenever I was first learning how to pass rush, I was not very good at it. I mean, it's, that was not a skill that naturally came to me. I had to work every single day at it, trying to bend the edge, trying to work my hands. It was something that really took some time for me to develop and, you know, get to the point to where I was actually, I actually felt confident in being able to get to the, uh, get to the quarterback. Well, I mean, that certainly paid off. You had a three sack game against Northwestern. So, I mean, like you definitely put in the work and got the results. I want to go back to scout team, though, because a lot of my favorite stories that I hear from guys we have on the show come from their time on scout team. What was your scout team experience like? Do you have any like memorable moments, like either like welcome to college football or like, (laughs) holy crap, how did I get myself in this situation? So I think, I think personally, my welcome to college football was when I was, when I came up on my, on a, on an official visit and I was committed to Wisconsin, but I was on the field with one of, he was my high school quarterback and it was his dad and my dad. And we were there for, we were there for a game and I walked onto the field and I saw the offensive lineman warming up. That was my welcome to college football right there. Cause I was like, holy crap, it's going to be less than a year and I'm going to be going against these guys. Um, So that was my first initial uh, reaction there. Um, But in terms of, in terms of scout team, I think Kyle Costigan was the welcome to football. (laughs) He was not, he was not afraid to use his head and he was going to, I mean, when you, when you had, when you as an offense, when you as a linebacker had to go 
and show the def and show the offense what you know the what that team's defense is doing that week. And Kyle Costigan was pulling around, and you had to just basically wear it on the chin. It was it, every single day. That was not fun. <laughs> it was fun for him. It was fun for him, 100%. But I, I know a lot of other linebackers who uh, would probably say the exact same thing because I think he was our least favorite lineman to go against. Oh, my God, I'm sure. He was a monster. <laughs> he was. Still is. He, unfor- unfortunately for him, he just the, – the injuries kept, you know, kept nagging at him. He, I mean, yeah. he would have been a heck of a player. But, uh, yeah, he his head – I think his head was made of steel, to be honest. <laughs> It's funny those welcome to college football because it doesn't always have to be hits. It's a you you had yours standing on the field. Look at these ginormous mm-hmm. linemen, which I definitely was like, oh my god, I used to be the biggest guy on the field. Right. And then you come <laughs> in, you're like, Ben Johnson's like six eight three twenty and just looks yep. me. Um, but mine was more like physical. It was like we got there and JD's like, all right, today's the day you were running on the stadium. And we were running up and down the upper deck and I was dying. And I'm like, I don't know, physically, like I'm I'm, I'm not in shape for this, mm-hmm. but I thought I was in great shape coming in. <laughs> so that was my welcome. Listen, I, I'm a physical dude. I'm sure you are too playing linebacker. I was never scared to get hit by one of these guys, but the, right. the, the absurd, like the 300 yard shuttle we had to do oh my God. The tests, like the running tests. I was like, this is a, a failed. I'm going to mm-hmm. get yelled at for this. Yeah, I think I, you bring up a good point with that. I will say the first ever lift that I had, that was when it was it was uh, Evan Simon was was a strength coach and um, and Jameel Walker was one of the assistants. And as a freshman, it was not fun to have Jameel as your coach because he was letting you know that you were a freshman and that you were <laughs> that basically you were the new buck on campus. Yep. And um, so I, we had to do a, we had to do a pull up um progression our first workout and i the next day i couldn't lift my arms over my head my lats hurt so bad um but we had what was called we had we we progressed to four quarters and it was basically prowler pushes and different shuttles five to ten yard shuttles that we would have to do and each each group session was a quarter and so we only our first our first conditioning on a friday was one and a half quarters and i thought i was going to die and 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 you could you can ask Cheekway too. He about, <laughs> he about passed out in the middle of the field because it was so difficult. And but then you know obviously as you know you know you you get that first workout in and then it gets easier and easier. I mean and after four or five weeks we built up to four quarters. And you look back on it and you thought that the the first workout was difficult, but it's but like you like you said that physical part of it with the workouts was was nowhere near high school football. It was a whole different level. But but to but to what you're saying, like I walked in the locker room, like man, these guys are men. Like I'm mm-hmm. 18 years old, and that is a 22 year old man child yeah. in in there, um, which is definitely shocking coming from coming from like the high school area. Um, okay, so like let's get back to like the so I'm so I'm so interested in like this outside progression. So when does it start clicking? You're like, man, I'm starting to get it. I'm going against some of these NFL, you know, stars. Well, you, they weren't stars yet, but mm-hmm. they were stars at Wisconsin. You're like, man, I'm doing it. Who is who's like there? Who's like uh, very influential? Um, like who's an influential person in the outside linebacker room that's helping you? Is it the coaches? Is it players? You know, I thought <clears throat> I, 
one thing that I really, that I really took pride in myself growing up, even, you know, ever since I, ever since I really started working out in eighth grade was I, anything that a coach tells me, anything that somebody tries to teach me, I'm going to try and soak in as much of that information as possible so that I can show them that I'm going to try at least try and do what they're wanting me to do to try and get better. And so coach Tim Tibisar, he was, you know, he was one of, he was my coach for three years. And to be honest, I wouldn't have gotten where I did without him because he knew that I was going to take some of, you know, I was going to take a lot of those coaching points and I was really going to try and work on them and try and really perfect my craft. And so I think, and he'll, and he'll say it to this day. He said it whenever um, we had our senior banquet that I was, and and again, this is something I take pride in is that I was one of the most coachable people because I really wanted to learn. I, and I knew I, I was, I was never one of the most physically gifted. I was never the, one of the most athletically gifted, but I was one of the people that worked my butts off. I was going to, you know, I was going to watch film and try and get as, as, you know, as good as I possibly could. But the only way to do that is by taking coaching and by working on it at practice and not being afraid to try new things. And especially in the pass rush games, you, you have to be able to try it. You have to, uh, you know, expand, get out of your comfort zone and try different things. Cause otherwise the same classic thing aren't going to work. And so he was one person that was extremely influential, but just watching Joe Schobert play and just his, the way that he carried himself, he wasn't cocky. He was super, you know, kept to himself, very humble and, uh, you know, but he worked his butt off. And to be honest, a lot of the times it didn't even look like he was going hundred percent, but he just got past people. Like it was nothing. And so I really tried to just watch him and take some of that in because he got to play at a really young level, came in as a walk-on, and obviously he's had a continued success in the league. And so he was someone that I really tried to just mold my work ethic off of and just kind of watch him at practice because he was, you know, he was just he could he could play everything. He could play inside linebacker, he could play outside linebacker, should he was fast enough to play safety. Um, so between between Joe and and Coach Tibisar, I think those were two of the guys that really helped me get to where I did. That's the awesome. Cause I'm looking at some of these pictures that, you know, they have the banner keeps going by. Do you, you played with some of the best dudes I think to ever play linebacker, Van mm-hmm. Ginkle, Chris or Leon, who else was on here? TJ. Yep. Who, who am I missing? Like you're literally played with the- Jack Sitchy, TJ Edwards, Joe Schober, Vince Beagle. I mean, it, <laughs> And it's the, like everyone you both trotters, right? <laughs> both the Trotter brothers, both Trotter brothers, Chris Borland. I mean, it was, you know, it, it, it was basically never ending. And so for me, you know, as a young kid, it was, first of all, I wanted to try and, you know, learn from a lot of these different guys, but also it was scary because you saw all the talent around you and, you know, you had to find a way onto the field. And especially for me, I battled injury problems early. You know, it, it was not an easy adjustment for me when I first got to college. And to be honest, I didn't, I, it never really clicked for me that I could play that I, once I got to Wisconsin, that I could play at a high level, like some of these guys really until the middle of my junior year, when I got my first shot to start, which first, first starting game was at the big house. So welcome to college football. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about that. So like, what is like, you're starting your first game in front of 110,000 fans Mm -hmm. in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Did you have like I, I, I assume your parents came up for the game? Were your, were your yeah. parents able to be? So what was that experience like for you to like be on? Like I'm starting a Big Ten game in front of my family, from the whole crowd. Like what was that emotion like for you? So it was a little crazy leading up to that game because it was Thursday night. We were playing on Saturday, normal week. You know, 
Vince is starting. TJ uh, TJ Watt is starting. Um, you know, and then there's me and Zach. Oh, Zach Bond's another one. He was he was in our room with us too. <laughs> and so just another second rounder, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so. So it's me and Zach Bond as the backups and coach. That was one thing. Coach Tibisar did a great job of rotating in players to make sure that, you know, if something were to happen, you had game experience, you probably got anywhere between 12 to 15 defensive snaps a game. And then you had your special team stuff. And so leading up to the game, you know, normal work week. And um, I remember I was sitting in Matt Miller's room because we were roommates and it was me, Fumagalli, Joe Ferguson, Jack Sitchie, Matt Miller. We're playing. We're pl- I think we're playing like Madden in the room. And then it's Thursday night at like eight o'clock. Troy Fumagalli walks in. He goes, so you ready to play on Saturday? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go. He goes, well, good. Cause you're starting. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, no, I'm not like I'm Vince starting. He's like, no, Vince broke his foot. He's out for a couple of weeks. And I just go, uh, okay. Like I kind of need to confirm this. And <laughs> five minutes later, I got a text from coach Tibisar. And so Thursday night before Saturday is when I learned that I was going to be starting um, at Michigan. And so <clears throat> nerves, nerves were there. That's for sure. Um, you know, obviously we were, um, we were undefeated at the time um, facing it. I mean, facing one of the best Michigan teams that they've had. Um, I mean, I think, I think their entire defense went to the league um, and you know, we were, I think we were a top, we just came out, uh, came off of beating top 10 Michigan State um, at their place. And so, you know, we were, we were riding a high wave that, you know, we were going to come into Michigan and really compete. Um, and so it was, there was a lot of nerves leading up to that game, but basically as soon as, as soon as the first play happened, which ironically, I missed a sack on the first play. <laughs> as soon as that one and that first defensive drive got under my belt. Then it was just, it was playing football at that point. Um, but I will say that. So in that game, after I finally settled in, I ended up finishing with a good, you know, a good solid game. I think I had around maybe seven or eight tackles, had a sack in that game. Um, so that, that was when, you know, I realized that I could, that I could play with these guys. Um, and next week wasn't anything, wasn't anything easier. We had Ohio state, uh, at Wisconsin. So, it's, uh, I think that was the year we faced like six or seven top 10 teams. So, I mean, like that was, I mean, and you guys held, I mean, Michigan was a top five team. You guys held Michigan to 14 points. Like that was a, you know, that, that was a tough hard fought game. I think that was one of Hornerbrook's first starts too. That was like his second start. Had wasn't his first start against Michigan state that week before. It might've been, yeah, it might've been. Yeah. I, if, if I remember correctly, it was, I remember a lot, a lot of stuff was going on with that team at that time. Yeah. You guys played, you started with LSU that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the Lambo game. What was it like to play in Lambo? That was awesome. Um, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, just being in that atmosphere, just because you know Lambo has so much history in it, and you get to you know I've been watching it on TV ever since I was ever since I could remember. So just being able to play in that game and um, with especially with the way that the outcome was, I was surprised with how well LSU fans traveled because there was a lot of LSU fans at that game. Um, but it was, I mean, that was, it was a great battle and just a fantastic game and obviously defeating another, uh, that's when Leonard Fournette was there. And so, um, you know, that was another top five team that, that we had beaten that year. So it was, um, that was, that was a, a memory that I'll never forget for sure. I'll never forget it either. It was yeah. so exciting to be, <laughs> but they traveled. I feel like they brought up more people than even went into the game. 
That's what I thought. Yeah, exactly. It, it was like almost all yellow. I was like, where is everyone? We're in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> um, they all drove like their trailers off. It was it was kind of actually awesome. And they weren't mm-hmm. mean. Like they were they were kind of nice um <laughs> compared to the rest of uh you know some Big Ten schools. Um so what's so what's your senior year like? And what is the, I guess, you know, is it exciting? Are you thinking about the NFL? Is it a possibility in your mind? What's going on so, there? So <clears throat> I would say that I, I would say that the NFL was definitely in my mind at the start of the of my senior season just because I had I had earned a spot last year or the year before um, playing with, you know, even when Vince came back, I had done well enough to where basically coach Tibisar felt comfortable enough to just rotate me in with those two. Um, and so I really was able to earn my spot on that team um, and in that rotation. And so I really, you know, I really had the the mindset that I was going to be able to, you know, potentially have a shot to go to the league that next year. And so, um, you know, going in and especially after losing both Vince and TJ, I knew that I was going to be the leader in the outside linebacker group. Leon had just switched over to outside linebacker from inside. And so, you know, we were going to have two senior leaders. And I mean, it was, it was interesting going from, uh, um, going from a more of a support role to a leader leadership role. Um, but you know, I had guys like Van Ginkle who had just transferred in Zach Bond, who was, who had, had had playing experience under his belt, and so really it just allowed me to kind of just more so just kind of show them a little bit of guidance in terms of how the defense works and just really about more so work ethic and accountability. And I think that was, that allowed for us to really become a really tight knit outside linebacker group. Plus I had Leon, who was one of my best friends on the other side. So, and you look at that dude and you know, you're going to, you're going to be scared no matter what. Cause he looks like he was built in a lab. <laughs> he, no one has said anything different. <laughs> no, absolutely not. One, one, of, one of my stock questions I ask everyone, who is the biggest freak, da- freak athlete you play with on the Badgers? And everyone who played with Leon said it's Leon. So, oh, I mean, 100%. Th- yeah, that, that that doesn't surprise me. Um, One other guy, though, that I know a lot of people have talked about who was on that defense, I know was the leader of that defense, was Dakota Dixon. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we've had other people on the podcast say how, you know, he was like a, a you know, a, a big time leader on that team as well. What was it? What was he like sort of on the field as a leader there on that defense as well as you and Leon? Yeah, Dakota, Dakota was awesome. You know, he, he was really, there was a lot, a lot of young guys who played in in the defensive secondary. And so um, the, the fact Dakota was, Dakota was someone who always worked his butt off, whether it be in school or on the field and, and in the weight room, you know, whatever it might be. So Dakota always led by example. And so he was, he really was able to bring in some of those younger guys on the, you know, in the defensive back room and be able to really make it so that they were, that they felt more comfortable just watching him play. And he, I mean, he, even though, and we all know Dakota's not a huge kid. I mean, shoot, he was, he was probably what, five, eight at his best. And so, (laughs) and so, but, but I mean, shoot, he played, he played like he was six, four. I mean, he was always a hundred miles an hour. I mean, he made, he made so many huge plays our senior year. And, um, you know, obviously he went on to have, to have uh, a little bit of a stint in the league as well. And so, um, you know, Dakota was someone who just always led by example. Um, and he just allowed for a lot of those young guys to really follow in the, in the footsteps. And again, you know, that was, that was constant team. I think we were just, it didn't matter if we were on offense, defense, linebackers, defensive line, whatever. We were all so close together. And I think that's what allowed us to have so much success and have a 13 in one season. And to be honest, you, and again, football, like I said, at the beginning of this, 
football is my favorite sport because it's really the biggest team sport that you're going to play. And it's going to teach you, it's going to teach you things that is going to pertain to your entire life, whether it be, whether it be in sports, school, work, family, I mean, everything. And so that's where, um, that's why I loved those teams that I played with because we were all so close together. What made you guys so close? We weren't, <clears throat> we weren't scared to just basically be around each other and just really try and would really just learn where everybody came from. And so like we, I would, obviously my high school buddies, I knew just because I grew up with them and I already knew kind of what their stories were, but I would say that, you know, even my first few years in college, I never really got to know a lot of these guys. And maybe, maybe it's because I didn't feel comfortable enough to where, you know, I was in my, that I felt like I was really making my presence known on the team as a leader, you know, as a, as a, um, you know, as a performer on the field. And so maybe in that sense, I had a little bit of a backseat, so I didn't get to know as many people, but it felt like I really understood where a lot of these guys came from and what their stories were and, you know, what they're basically what they're, one of our biggest things was what's your why and why do you do this? And so, um, you know, whether it be wider, I mean, you didn't, you didn't have a whole lot of there's, you, and I've been on, I've been on plenty of different teams where each position group kind of hangs out with each other. But for us, it wasn't that way. I mean, it was, it was DBs, wide receivers, running backs, linebackers, everybody was, you know, hanging out, whoever it might be. And we weren't, you know, we weren't afraid to hang out with different groups on the weekends or, um, you know, we always, and we called it that we called it the fat boy house. We'd go over to the offensive line room or the offensive line uh, house and we hang out with them for a couple hours. And then, you know, we'd go walking down state street with someone with like, you know, Dakota Dixon and Derek Tyndall and, you know, that type of, you know, we would just, we, we really just had a close group all around and we didn't have any issues, you know, just hanging out with different, you know, different groups of people. And, um, you know, just really, again, understanding where everybody came from and, why why football and that team was so important to everybody it's a good group of dudes i i remember and especially mm -hmm. you named your who you, your sweet mates or who your roommates were mm -hmm. that's a good group just to hang out with to be around it's a fun group absolutely so, so you mentioned jack sitchy one of my favorite like he's just such a nice guy mm -hmm. how excited are you for him to be part of this team that you're you're looking at now and and I guess you could you don't have to share everything but you know I was out there and he was yelling at a coach and I was you know and he was on doing the scout team mm -hmm. um book and I'm like man I wish I had someone who would yell at a coach for, you know to like to just say the scout team's not wrong this card is stupid or this card's right. wrong um what what's what do you think the guys are getting from from Jack well I think what's I think what's good about Jack is that he's He's and we're kind of at the back end of our generation. And I will say that we we've we're kind of a we're kind of a hybrid because we were a little bit old school, but we're also we also have that new new school part of us too. And so Jack obviously played a few years in the league and he's you know he's still only 27 years old. And so he's able to really um relate to a lot of the younger guys even though he's not technically still in college, he's still able to talk to and relate to a lot of these 18, 19, 20 year olds and be able to connect with them in a proper way so that they understand where he's coming from. Whereas, you know, there might be, there might be instances where you have an old school coach who might not be able to reach 
a kid who's now 18 coming out of high school. And that's just because of the way that kind of generations are going right now and the way that um, just uh, what's going on right now, it's sometimes it might make it difficult in that sense. And so like for Jack, he has both sides of it. He just, he's very fresh out of playing. So he's been with a lot of, you know, new players and younger guys, but then he's also had, you know, he's been with, he's been with Rudy. He's been with coach Chris. He's been with, you know, a couple of different coaches in the, in the NFL. He's been with, uh, he's been with Belichick. And so he sees, he sees some of the old school stuff that, you know, has a lot of success, but then you have to be able to kind of be able to um, bring in the new a little bit. And I think that's, what's great about Jack is that he has so much football knowledge, but he can relate to anybody. And so I, and I think Jack is, is getting to learn a little bit on the offensive side as well. And so it's really going to help him understand more as a, cause I, Jack's a defensive guy. We know he's going to end up def, um, as a defensive coach somewhere. And so it's going to really allow him to build as a coach. And so I, th- I think having Jack in the program is, is fantastic. And I think he, it really helps our coaching staff tremendously. I, I I totally agree, and I think what you said about the the kids or the kids now, but the 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 student athlete, the the football player, mm-hmm. can relate to him. That's what I love about Jimmy. They can relate to Jimmy. Jimmy's been he's been outshining, you know, his whole entire career. Like he's been outshining everything that everyone's ever said. And I think Jack's kind of the same way. The dude was not, you know, like as a fullback, you're kind of licking your chops to see Jack sit you across. <laughs> you know, like, what was he like two ten, two fifteen, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, 200 he was, maybe he was a little yeah. like he wasn't huge played the game at like a lion though like mm-hmm. i just loved so i love that and i do love that and i think that that's what jimmy's building but we can talk about that a different day because there's a lot going on on the field um which is exciting stuff but let's talk about i want to hear your combine experience and then i was dude it's mine was the worst so i i understand where that's you don't have to tell us that much but Combine, but into, I guess, like how exciting it was to, you know, the NFL transition. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> combine was interesting. Um, I will say, you know, that, I mean, for anyone who's ever been there, they know that they, they put you through stress. I mean, you don't, you don't eat, you don't eat properly. You don't get enough sleep talking to people. Um, you're answering questions like, would you rather be a cat or dog? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so, so they're definitely putting you through the ringer. You know, you have the, you have the meat locker where you get up on stage and you're just in spandex so that they can look at you and, you know, get your height and weight and all that stuff. And yeah, it might seem like, you know, you're getting, you're getting treated like cattle almost, but you know, you're the, you're basically an investment at that point. Like you are, you, you're going to the league, ex, you know, competing because it, it's a business and they're trying, they're trying to win championships. And obviously, you know, you, and you get, and you get paid well in the league. And so, um, you know, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the big things, but like for me specifically, I knew all of that coming in. My thing was, is that, you know, they wanted me, they wanted me to be two fifty and to run a four, six forty, And I thought that sounded fantastic. The issue was I didn't play at two fifty. <laughs> I played at two forty. And so, so I didn't get to run a four, six 40 at two fifty. <laughs> so I will say, and we, and we prepared at training. I traded Michael Johnson down in Dallas, which was fantastic. They were, they were great people. And, um, you know, we, uh, they really helped get me to where I needed to be. Um, but for me, and they said it when you, when you get ready to run your 40 and you look down that alley, I mean, it literally is like, it goes completely silent and it's almost just like a black lane because you, you have blinders on and it's almost like you're 
it's almost like everyone around you is non-existent. And at that point, I forgot how to run. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, me too. (laughs) Oh my God. It's the worst. That place is the worst. Also, you know, I, I ran horribly there. And then we do the drills and I literally killed the drills. Yeah. But the drills yeah. don't matter because the 40 time is the only thing that they all look at. Um, I didn't drop a pass. Like I was cutting, mm-hmm. you know, these coaches are like, damn, Bernie, get back up. And I, I was dying. Literally. You're, you can't stop. Like, yeah. You got to keep going. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, they're like, all right, Matt, you got to go back to the hospital. I'm like, no, everyone's packed up and leaving. And I'm in this group and I'm leaving too. They're like, no, nah, we're going to take you back to the hospital oh, for like another five hours of test. That's awful. I was like, man, this is brutal. That is. But, but you know what? I think, I think what you said is what every every kid, every dude should hear right now is like, you become an investment, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, I, I now, I, I think some people are more of like, you know, people are. It depends, but still, the NFL is a huge investment. It's the no fun league for a reason. Like guys are right, getting exactly. eaten up and, and churned out. So, so what was your, like, what was your experience walking into the locker room, being part of being part of that world? In the NFL? Yeah. It was, it was interesting for sure. Um, my first team that I was with was the Vikings. They had just gotten a whole new facility. I mean, the ridiculous amount of money that they put into that place. And so I definitely was spoiled when I got there because everything was brand new. It looked fantastic. And then, um, you know, you're walking into a locker room with guys like, you know, Kirk Cousins and uh, 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 Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, you know, um, um, gosh, I'm uh, Harrison Smith, um, Everson Griffin, you know, like guys Anthony who Barr. are, you, you, right, Anthony Barr, you're watching these guys on Sundays and you're seeing the level of play that they're at. And then all of a sudden you're with them. And so that part is a little, you know, that's, that's obviously a little different environment. Um, and I get asked that question a lot, you know, what was, what was the biggest difference that you saw from college going to the NFL? Was it, was it the speed of the athletes, you know, that type of stuff? Um, it really wasn't even the speed. What was it was, but in a different sense, the biggest difference that I saw was the defensive linemen. I thought that they were just, I mean, they were basically giant human beings that could run faster than me and that were also 50 pounds heavier and four inches taller. So I, so watching them, watching them play was, it was almost like, it was almost magical to be honest. Was there one uh, guy who really stood out as like a unicorn? Daniel Hunter. I thought he was, I mean, he six, six, two eighty, two ninety, whatever his weight was looked like Leon and yep. like 4% I think he, body I, fat, like, right, exactly. Yeah. And I, and, but he, and then he, he ran like he was a wide receiver. Um, he was, and again, he was, you know, six, six. And uh, I think that year he ended up having like 16, 17 sacks, whatever it might've been. And so he, he stood out tremendously to me. All right. Well, I know Bernie has, unfortunately, is in the meeting. He's got to hop on to um, Garrett. We've got a lot more questions for you. So we're just going to have to have you back. Maybe bring your roommate Leon next time. We'll have a, yeah. you know a, another little linebacker session to cut it up. So we cannot thank you enough uh, for taking some time to hang out with us here today and share your story. Absolutely. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to come back. We'll get uh, we'll get Leon on here. We'll put uh, we'll put up some side by sides of him. 
and a robot and see which one is uh, see which one's more real. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. That guy, man, if I ever saw him in a bar, it was it was just an exciting time. He was uh, he was a very he was fun. He would be the speed that I would go when I was yep. in college. Yeah, uh, we'll just say that. <laughs> but Garrett, thank you, man. It was really a pleasure. It was a pleasure seeing you. Um, I, I am just I think I'm lucky and thrilled to have lived in Madison when you did and got to know you and, and your your roommates, which are all all friends. And I still text with Matt Miller um, from time to time. So uh, I appreciate it, man. And I, I wish you the best of luck, but we got to get you back on. Absolutely. That sounds great, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Right, Thanks later, so buddy. much. Until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.